0: hello miss Alicia hey how's it going great how are you I'm good it's sunny so can't it's a beautiful complain.
1: day I'm gonna complain yeah. about it because I'm gonna have to edit after we're done with this and it's always Saturdays that are beautiful that I always have to end up inside
0: I know I know it sucks
1: maybe I'll I'll cross my fingers and have the energy to do it tomorrow after work <laughs> probably won't and I'll probably regret Oh my God, that scared the shit out of me. My si- I'm recording at my sister's house again because, of course, it's another Saturday and my parents are like do- having something done to the house and her ice machine just like made ice. I heard that. I was like, is someone else like there? Anyway, this is Bookaholics Anonymous. I'm Francesca. I'm Alicia. And this week we're doing a little bit of um something. I'm trying something different. Oh I think boy. you're going to be excited. Oh, boy. Um, but we'll talk about that later. How, how was your week? How How are you? It was pretty
0: good. Pretty, I mean, pretty normal. I ordered a special edition set of the Poppy War series. Of course you did. By, by R.F. Kwong, who is a fantastic writer. I love her. Um, you should read her books. Definitely check the the trigger warnings because there are a lot of them. <laughs> But they, they're fantastic, and they're so pretty. They're literally, like, right here. Can and I see I don't them? Know if you, yeah, yeah, hold on. Let me see so, your favorite. Yeah. Oh. So
1: this, and then the oh. straight edges. Yeah, so hold on. We love beautiful design. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then, oh, wait, you'll like this. <laughs> so, um, like, this is, like, this, oh, is, this wow. is, like, the
0: hardcover, yeah. but then all of them... The inside
1: of the jacket has wow an art print that's got to be expensive to print
0: oh yeah so but funny enough so this book the second book which is called the Dragon Republic I got and I'm like taking it apart to like look at the inside because I just remembered I was like oh yeah there's like nice prints on the inside I'd love to see and the art is beautiful and I open it and if you see on my Snap story you saw that they glued the pages in upside down shut up that is really unique though that's cool. My friend, I like had to send it to her for confirmation. I'm like, I'm not like dumb, right? Like this is upside down. Like I'm not just stupid. And she's like, wow. She's like, talk about special limited edition. I'm like, yeah. that would be
1: like so pretty to just like get the get frames and f- put the backs of those covers, like the paper, the the jacket, in like a right? beautiful frame. Yeah, because like the one. hard cover is beautiful on its own. Like right, look how. Like the difference of the
0: pages, like they must have used like thicker pages. They had to, yeah. The edges were like easier to spray. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Look at look at the the difference. Yeah, they had they had there had to have been like a thicker paper.
1: But yeah, those are beautiful.
0: They're so pretty. They were expensive, but it was worth worth it. it. Yeah, because they're so pretty. But yeah, I like had to email them and be like, hey, um, one of my books, the pages were glued in upside down. Like I don't know if you have extra or that you could like send me that book to like replace cuz it's going to annoy me now that it's upside down. Yeah. Cuz like realistically, I have almost two complete sets of this series. Mm-hmm. I have a, a second one but like the normal edition mm-hmm. and um, so like if I were going to reread them, which I, I might one day reread the series cuz it's fantastic, um I probably would not reread that uh, that edition specifically because they're so pretty. I don't want to mess them up. No. But just the fact that I know that it's glued in upside down is going to bother me.
1: That is going to be so. What's it called? Like if you wanted to sell them in the future, valuable. Oh, the resell yeah. value. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because it's
1: it has like a defect to it. Mhm. But yeah, that's beautiful.
0: But they did said they would send
1: me another one. Ooh, love so that. So I have
0: two now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> love that for you. Okay, so oh. now we're like, let's get started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. I texted you saying I was watching a movie that we had been talking about, and I was saying that I wanted to watch that I mm-hmm. never actually like watched. And I found out it was based on a novella. Yeah. And I was like, now I have to read it now that I've seen the movie.
0: Right. So
1: this week, I'm covering Coraline. Shut the fuck
0: up uh, by Neil Gaiman? Yes. Shut up. Oh, my yes. Gosh.
1: Um, because I saw like a video for it on Twitter, like the opening sequence with the doll Mm -hmm. and because it was attached to a a thread of the scene in Toy Story 2 when Woody is getting fixed and it's just so aesthetically pleasing to watch that. And someone was like, oh my God, look at this scene from Coraline. And I was like, well, now I feel like I have to watch this because this was really cool. Right. So I watched it and it was great. And I was like, now I have to read the book right like that makes sense
0: right Um, it's funny
1: because i've had that on my
0: list for so long but
1: i just have not gotten to it it's so quick it's under 200 pages like it's so i read it in two days i think there's a graphic novel Mm -hmm. too
0: and the graphic novel is supposed to be really good too yeah
1: i was gonna get the graphic novel but i don't have i like didn't have the patience to like do that (laughs) this week yeah i feel the copy that i got was for the tenth anniversary because I got it on Kindle because it was like a last minute decision to do this, mm-hmm. um, and it had um, a forward from Neil Gaiman, and I was reading it and I thought it was really sweet because he has two do- he has daughters I think it's two I'm not sure, yeah. but he said in the beginning in the forward that I wanted to write a story for my daughters that told them something I wish I'd known when I was a boy. That being brave didn't mean you were scared. Being brave meant you were scared, really scared, badly scared, and you did the right thing anyway. And yeah, I thought that I was... I think I've
0: heard that quote before.
1: So sweet and, like, beautiful. But why you got to emotionally traumatize them with the story? <laughs> Literally. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Coraline and her family only po- owned part of the house that they live in. and the oh, okay. Specifically in their flat. So mm-hmm. the first difference right off the bat from the movie, right. they're not renting it from anybody. They just own part of it. Right. Miss Spink and Miss Forcible live in the flat on the ground floor underneath them. Mm-hmm. They were old and fat, and they were former actresses with three old Highland Terriers. Mm-hmm. So cute. Um, so cute. And a crazy old man lives in the attic training a mouse circus. So the day after they move in, Coraline goes exploring. Mm-hmm. Behind the house is this big garden, and even, even further behind that is this very old tennis court. The day that they moved in, Miss Spink and Miss Forcible made a point of telling Coraline to avoid the tennis court and stay away from it because there's this big well right off the side of it. Is Lord in this tennis court? <laughs> TM, 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 TM.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate
1: you. Because <laughs> there's this big well there. So she ends up finding it on the third day, of course. Of course. It's covered by these really heavy wooden boards. And she just like, kind of, is just like, okay, it's there. Good to know. Right. Um, And then she also goes looking for the different animals that are around. There's a peculiar black cat that would run away every time she tries to play with it. You love the cat, don't you? I
0: love the cat so much.
1: (laughs) It it was a pretty cold summer that year. And one day it started raining. And it was like the kind of rain that was so torrential. You just can't go out in it. There's no way. Coraline's mother tells her, I don't care what you do. Just don't, like, make a mess and don't go outside. It's raining. Right. So she watches TV for a little bit and gets bored. So, like me, she Mm -hmm. goes to pester her dad. As you do. As I do. As any, (laughs) specifically me. Um, He suggests that she explore the apartment. And she asks if they can go in the, if she can go in the drawing room, which was where they kept all of her dead grandmother's, like, antique furniture that they inherited other than the antique furniture in there is was, was just pretty bare like nothing in there except for that furniture okay. and he says as long as she doesn't make a mess she can go in there she goes and she counts all the windows and the doors she found 13 windows that oh uh, 13 doors excuse me that open and close but one a large brown wooden door in the drawing room wouldn't open and that's the second difference i noticed is that it's not wallpapered off hidden behind something it's this big Very obvious door. Okay. Which if you haven't seen Coraline, then you might want to go and watch this before you finish the episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a great movie. It's It's a a great movie. For some people. I love it. For some people.
1: Yeah. But this large brown wooden door in the drawing room just like wouldn't open. And after pestering her mother, who insisted it led nowhere, the door finally gets unlocked by her mom. Unsurprisingly, mom was right. And it's just like, it's bricked up. She explains that it was likely what connected each side of the house before it was made into apartments. And the other side of the house where the other apartment is, is empty, like completely empty. So mom takes the key and hangs it above the kitchen door. She doesn't relock the door, figuring it doesn't lead anywhere. It's bricked up. Why would it need to be locked? Right. So that night when Coraline is about to fall asleep, she hears like a tapping sound. She thinks it might be spiders, which makes her uncomfy, which same girl. I hate spiders. Um, But she follows it anyway. And to that, I said, didn't you learn from Ron Weasley never to follow the spiders? Of course not. So following into the drawing room, it dashes over to the unlocked door that leads to nowhere. Coraline opens it and confirms that it's still just bricked up, like there's nothing there. And that night, she has this strange dream of like black shapes and red eyes and just super creepy. The next day, she announces that she's going to go for a walk. Coraline stays within sight of the house, but after about 10 minutes, she's kind of just gone in a circle and is right back where she started at the front of the house. From above, the old man upstairs calls down to Coraline and he tells her that the mice have a message for her. And he says, the mice said, don't go through the door, which means absolutely nothing to her. (laughs) Mood And naturally As a child does, she goes inside and tries to open the big wooden door again.
0: Of course.
1: Duh. It's locked. Which is like weird. Because it wasn't locked last night. Okay, so then she's like, okay, it's locked, whatever. And she goes the usual route and starts bothering her dad again. (laughs) And he suggests she goes downstairs to see Miss Spink and Miss Forcible for tea. In the apartment, Miss Spink offers to do a tea reading for tea leaf reading for Coraline. The reading reveals that she is in terrible danger.
0: Of course, because what else is T going to tell you? <laughs> I mean, have we learned nothing from Harry Potter?
1: Right? So Miss Forcible is like, stop scaring her. Let me see you blind bat. Like, just give me Miss the- Forcible
0: reminds me of Miss Trunchable from Matilda.
1: <laughs> 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 like, like, just yes.
0: names are so similar.
1: <laughs> An icon. Um, and Miss Forcible also concludes that Coraline is just in terrible danger. They don't have an answer when Coraline asks in danger from, like, what? But the women give Coraline this small rock with a hole in the center to help, like, protect her. Right. A few days later, Coraline and her mother go shopping for new school clothes. And they had dropped dad off at a train station going to London before they went shopping. Mom generally ignores what Coraline asks for and goes about picking the clothes for her. Even when Coraline begs for these, like, gloves that she really wants. And her mom's like, no, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> when they get home, mom realizes there isn't much in the house in way of food. So she asks Coraline if she wants to go shopping with her. But Coraline declines and decides to stay home. She gets bored pretty fast <laughs> and uses a broom to knock the key uh, from above the kitchen door. This time when she unlocks the big brown door. It opens into this very dark hallway. Coraline thinks maybe it just leads to the other apartment on the other side. When she comes out on the other side, though, she's confused because it looks exactly the same as her house. And she could hear her mom calling for her from the kitchen. So she goes to the kitchen and looks at her mom, but something is like very different. She's pale white. She's a little bit taller, a little leaner. And she has these big black Button eyes. She identifies herself as Coraline's other mother. Other mom tells Coraline to go and get father for lunch. And going into his office, Coraline finds that he too has big button eyes. They tell her they've been waiting for a very long time.
0: (laughs) It's like. it's like that video of that, like, um, sorority that's like, we've been, been waiting, waiting for you
1: all summer long. long. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and start clapping. Exactly.
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So then she's like, I didn't know I had another mom. And other mom is like, of course, everybody does. So when they finish lunch, she sends Coraline upstairs to play with the rats in her room, which is like very off-putting, but okay.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's different from her room at home. um It's like the colors are just very different. It's like, as they put it, an off-putting shade of green and peculiar shade of r- pink, which mm-hmm. like I feel like those two colors do not go together. So right. Um. So the rats are all like in her room, just just chilling, and she asks one of them, "Can you talk?" And the blackest of the rats shook its head. She's they're kind of just like running around her and like doing like weird shit and then she turns around and the crazy old man from upstairs is standing in the doorway of her room holding a tall black hat in his hand he also has button
0: eyes
1: (laughs) the rats scamper up to him and they just like i guess i don't know how to describe it other than they just like morph up his body and they're like running up him and like hiding in different pockets of his body and it's just like weird
0: Oh, absolutely not. No. Oh,
1: no. And oh, no. The worst part is this whole time when I was thinking about rats, I wasn't thinking about, like, normal rats. I was thinking about, like, subway rats where they're, like, oh, the no. monster sizes. Oh,
0: no. Right? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. No. Mm-mm.
1: Mm-mm. Not here for it. Coraline's like, okay, um, I'm just going to dip. And she's like, I'm going to go outside and explore. And her mom's like, okay, have a nice time outside. Other mother. And her other father is like, we'll just be waiting for you here when you get back. And I was like, that's super unnerving. Don't like that. Um, so from the outside, the house looked exactly the same, except above Miss Forcible and Miss Spinks, like, entrance was this big flashing theater sign. And she tur- she hears good afternoon from the cat. And she turns around and the cat's, like, fucking talking to her. She's and like, what the fuck? The voice sounds like the voice in Coraline's head. I'm thinking like her subconscious, but it was a man's voice, not like a little girl's voice, which is also a little fucking weird. Yeah, that's a little creepy. So she's <laughs> like, oh, you must be other cat. And he's like, nope, there's just one oh me. But thank you. And I'm like, that's also super unnerving. And she's like, if you're the same cat, how can you talk now? And he's like, Uh, eh, I don't know. Like, I just choose to. He, she's like what is this place and he goes it's here and at this point i'm getting strong alice in wonderland vibes yeah for sure from this whole thing and she's like how did you get here and he's like i walked Duh.
0: <laughs> i walked bitch <laughs> come on
1: <laughs> so she's he goes it's really smart for you to bring protection i'd hang on to it if i were you but he doesn't specify what the protection is
0: yeah that's some kind of need to know information bud
1: Then it, like, just runs away into the trees. And she's like, okay. And then she starts to wonder, like, do all the cats where she comes from talk? And they just (laughs) choose not to. And my theory, my personal theory, I firmly believe all cats are plotting murder at some point. They just have it in their eyes. Did you... Did you
0: have a cat, like, growing up?
1: No, but Christina, one of our mutual friends, has a cat, and I firmly believed the first time I met Lucy, she was going to murder me in my sleep.
0: See, I have not met her cats. They look very cute, though. Um, Mm -hmm. I did have two cats growing up, one of which definitely was plotting murder at all times. (laughs) The other of which, like, there was not much going on upstairs. (laughs) She was so nice. Funny enough, her name was Stinky.
1: (laughs) i love
0: that they were both (laughs) rescues my mom found stinky just randomly outside so but she was just just there she's just there for
1: a good time (laughs) i relate i can appreciate yeah so she goes downstairs and like knocks on the door and it just like swings open to miss Spink and miss forcible's apartment and it opens into this like a waiting room almost like yeah. a theater like foyer
0: okay okay
1: and a dog comes up to her like with a flashlight in its mouth and is like oh. all right like let me see your ticket and she's like what
0: that's so cute
1: and he's like oh you just come up in here without a ticket and just expect to come in like what <laughs> but then he's like all right come on like let's go what um kind of
0: dog is it do we know
1: it's the highland terrier <gasps> kind cute so she, as she's sitting down in her seat, she like looks around and realizes all the other occupants are also dogs. And I just want to say, I feel like Neil, sir, were you on acid when you were writing this? Because I feel like that's a very acidy trip to have. Um, so Miss Spinks enters riding a one-wheeled unicycle and juggling. Both of the women also have button eyes, just to be clear. And Miss Forcible comes in skipping behind her, holding a basket of flowers. Oh,
0: that's
1: we chill, love um good. we love women supporting women. <laughs> um, and well then they awesome. opened their like big coats and like unzipped, but like it unzipped from like the back of their head, and it opened, and like these ty- like these skinny, beautiful women come out of like these fat bodysuits, which that is I feel horrifying. like horrifying. First of all, again. <laughs> bad acid dream second of all why can't they be overweight and still amazing
0: because of the fat phobia francesca yes yes yes
1: yes and she goes how long does this go on for he goes the theater all the time it's literally never ending oh this girl just says okay bye and just leaves
0: (laughs) (laughs) me i would be like hmm sounds exhausting see ya
1: and then she gets to the, she, so she goes outside to the garden and outside her other parents are just standing there, sta- standing next to each other and smiling. Like, this is like absolutely terrifying. Right. So her other dad is like, do you like it here? And she's like, yeah, I guess it's like more interesting than home. And she's, they're like, well, you can stay forever if you want. <laughs> no, Thanks. And so she puts her hands in her pockets, and she remember feels that stone that Miss Miss Spinks and Miss Forcible had given her. And Uh she's like, "They're like, there's just only one little thing you have to do, so you can stay forever and ever." No thanks. And they lead her into the kitchen, and in this box, or excuse me, on a china plate, I'm thinking box because that's what it was in the movie. On a china plate is a spool of black. Uh, cotton, I guess. Um, and two large button eyes for her. They're like, we just want you to stay, but you have to do this little thing for us. They're like, it's not gonna hurt. Like, it's just this little thing you have to do for us. And Coraline was like, I know when grown ups tell me something's not gonna hurt, it's gonna hurt. And I was like, (laughs) she is wise beyond her years. She really is. She's like, okay, I'm gonna go now. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm really uncomfortable with the energy we've created in the studio. Mood. Other mothers like, if that's what you want. And they're like, we'll see you again. Right. And she's like, "Oh yeah. So she like goes back through the tunnel. They're like, come back soon. I'm like, uh, I don't like this. So she goes through the tunnel and she's on her. She turns around and the tunnel is bricked up again by the red bricks.
0: Oh, absolutely not. No, thank you. No, ma'am.
1: So smart girl, Coraline, locked the door um, and she notices her mom hasn't come back from her shopping trip. Oh, no. She gets tired, you know, and just decides to go to bed and they'll be there in the morning. Right. Um, And the next morning she wakes up and goes into her parents' room, but their bed hadn't been slept in. So she goes down to see Mrs. Spinks and Forcible for lunch. Um, They ask about her parents and she's just like, missing. I haven't seen them since yesterday. I think I've probably become a single child family.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's a good one.
1: The two older women really aren't paying attention to what she's like actually just said. Like. Right. Nothing. Right over their heads. So she just like goes home and she starts getting ready for bed again. She wakes up in the middle of the night and goes into her parents' room, but the bed was made and empty. Okay. This part's a quote, but like all alone in the middle of the night, Coraline began to cry. There was no other sound in the empty flat. And I was like, not me crying at this part of the movie. Oh, no. Because I pictured it in my mind, her making the pillows of her parents. And I was like, I don't need this. I don't need this. She's woken up in the morning by the cat. And she asks if the cat knows where her mom and dad are. And the cat just like blinks at her because she's in her own world and cats can't fucking speak. Mm -hmm. And she's like, will you take me to them? So, the cat jumps off the bed and leads her into the hallway. And at the end of the hallway is this full-length mirror. And Coraline, she, like, turns on the light and expects to, like, see herself because it's a mirror. Right. But in the mirror are her parents. And they just, like, stood very awkwardly, like, Mm -hmm. trying to, like, squeeze together. Right. Her dad tried to say something to her, but, like, you know, there's a mirror in the way, so they couldn't, couldn't hear him. Of course. Um so her mom breathed on the inside of the glass and wrote backwards which 12-year-old me never would have understood. <laughs> she writes help us. Oh my gosh,
0: the dyslexia would really be jumping out.
1: Listen. Yes. And we don't get Coraline's like exact age in this book. Right. But I'm going to say she's around maybe youngest 9, oldest like 12.
0: That's that's like the age that I always pictured her
1: as. Yeah they're not going to come back at least not on their own that's so sad this girl picks up the phone and calls the police like they're going to be able to do literally anything <laughs> and so she tells them you know their st- my parents were grown up napped as she put it and that's that so they they've been put in a mirror and they can't come home
0: got it got and it and then she tells it. the
1: cop you know my other mother has them like, in her grasp, it's my other mother.
0: Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. And
1: she's, uh-huh. she may want to keep them and sew so buttons into their eyes. Um, and the cop is like, nothing a hot chocolate and a hug can't fix to make those nightmares go away. And I was like, listen, I'm 25, but this still works. Just a little hot chocolate and a hug for my mom. <laughs> nothing beats a hug for mom. True. Just saying. And I was, like, cackling because I was like, could you imagine being a cop and just, like, getting this phone call?
0: I would be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah.
1: The only thing that would alarm me is by her saying they're her other mother. Because maybe, like, there's a situation where there's another mother involved and it's, like, right. a divorced like, parent. Oh, maybe this is, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like a foster kid situation Yeah, and, like, something. she's a little kid so she can't really verbalize what's happening. That's the right, only right, thing right. that would really alarm me and that's also why i I think she might be a little bit younger because she doesn't understand the cops can't do anything in this situation right she goes back to her room gets dressed grabs her protective rock with the hole in it of course and she goes in the kitchen the flashlight that they have is dead so she grabs like a wax candle remember she goes to the door and the cat's with her and she tells the cat this story that's so sweet it's so sad About when they lived in their old house, they lived right on the edge of like this, basically like this dump. They called it a wasteland, but it's a dump. And her parents always told her, you know, don't go exploring in there. You can get hurt. There are sharp objects in there. But she really, really wanted to. So (laughs) one day her dad put them in their boots and covered them up really well. And they went for a walk. And down at the bottom of this like little hill, the dad's like, all right, Coraline, you need to run up the hill right now go and as she ran up something like hit her in the back of her arm like and she said it hurt her Mm -hmm. and but she kept running and when she got to the top of the hill her dad just grabbed her picked her up and ran right over to the top and behind them were all these yellow wasps she realized that they had stepped on a wasp's nest when they got to the bottom and her dad stayed down there and let her run. So he got the brunt of the stings and she only got the one small one in her arm to give her a Mm -hmm. chance to get away. Right. And she's like, I only had one sting on my arm. He had 39 stings all over him. We counted later in the bath. Yeah. And like you, the cat was like getting impatient, you know, as a cat does. And, She's, like, saying he wasn't scared standing there because the wasps stinging him and hurting him, he knew that she was getting away. So Mm -hmm. it didn't scare him. But going, he had lost his glasses running away. Going back down to get his glasses scared him more because he didn't want to run into more of them. And she said it wasn't brave that he did that because he wasn't scared. Going back and getting his glasses... When he was scared, that was being brave. Right. And she, I love this line where she's like, because when you're scared, but you do, still do it anyway, that's brave. Which I feel like really sums up like what that opening statement was about his daughters. Right. And the, so like as she's telling him the story, they're walking through the tunnel to go back to other mother. And he's like, so that's why you're going back to her? Because your dad saved you some, from some wasps one time? <laughs> And she's like, I'm going back because they're my parents, and if they noticed that I was gone, they would do this for me. Like, so she, as they're walking, the candle she's holding is suddenly like, like, gone out. It's not blown out. It's almost as if someone like closed their fingers around it and snuffed it out.
0: Oh, that scares me.
1: So as they get closer, there's like a woman at the end of the hallway and you can't really tell who it is. It's just like a silhouette. And Uh she just like calls for Coraline and she thinks it's her mom. So she runs towards her and realizes too late that it's other mother. And she's like, where are my parents? And other dad is like, we're here. What are you talking about? And she's like, uh, (laughs) so she's walking down the hallway and she goes up to the mirror where her parents were. And, there's nothing reflected back at her Well, besides herself. But there's a young girl in like a dress and slippers, like in her pajamas, dressing gown, like a mm-hmm. nightgown. And she looks like she's been crying, but she had real eyes. Real eyes. Real eyes.
0: Real eyes. Real
1: lies. <laughs> <laughs> she turns around and other mother and father are looking at her like super hungry, which is oh, like, weird. No. I don't Ew. like that. Oh, no. Oh, no. And she goes, you don't frighten me. I want my parents back. Oh. <laughs> and her other mother is always is like, what would I have done with your old parents? If they left you, it was because they were bored and tired of you. Ooh, I was like, okay. damn. She's like, you'll always be safe with me. And Caroline's like, you're lying. They, you stole them.
0: She's like, bullshit.
1: Yeah. Bullshit detector. It's going <laughs> off. And she like looks up at other mother's face and she could see like there was real anger there. She's like, don't be difficult, which I've heard that before. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So other mother sends like this rat down the tunnel back to Coraline's real house mm-hmm. to get the key. And Coraline's like, don't you have your own? I'm like, why do you got to right. take mine? And other father is like, only one key. There's really only one door. And mother, other mother was like, shut, <laughs> the, fuck shut, shut the fuck up. You, shut. Shut shut your mouth so she locks the door and drops the key into her apron and Coraline tries to open again but it is locked tight but that front door though that shit's not locked and so she asks the cat why does she want me to stay here with her and the other cat is like or not the other cat but the cat is like i think she just wants something to love or something to eat not really sure which you know what that's valid yeah that's fair Um, so Coraline asks this cat for advice and he's like, challenge her. Like, there's no guarantee that she'll play, be fair and not cheat, but she loves games. So Coraline goes to bed, like not really sure. Like she's trying not to fall asleep, but falls asleep anyway. And she goes downstairs and is like, where's other mother? And dad's like, oh, she's fixing a vermin problem. And she's like, the rats? (laughs) He's like, no, there's a cat that's been wandering around. He's like, I really can't talk to you when she's not around. And she's That's like, why weird. That's that... suspicious. Yeah, he's like, do you want food? I can entertain you. Just be like the hostess with the mostest, but oh, I can't talk okay. to you. She's like, all right, if you're not going to talk to me, I'm just going to go outside and like right. check it out. He's like, all right, you can go out there, but there's nothing else around besides here. Oh, so she goes into the drawing room again to try and um, unlock the big wooden door. And it's obviously locked. And she looks around the room. And it's exactly the same as everything else in the house, in her house, except when she looks at the mantle, the mantle in her own home is bare empty. There's nothing on it, except in her other house here with other mother, there's this snow globe sitting on the mantle with two little people in it. And she like shook the globe and put it down. I was like, okay. And then she carried on looking for her real parents and for some, a way out. So she starts walking through the outside and the further she walks like at her old house if you walked past the old tennis court there was nothing but like this big meadow and just all these trees and it was beautiful but here the woods just like didn't stop and like the further she walked the distortion became Mm -hmm. more real like they didn't really look like trees the further you went out like they looked like almost the idea of trees you know like when you're sketching a tree but don't yeah, finish yeah, it, yeah. kind of thing, and then suddenly, like, this mist begins as she keeps walking, and it felt almost like she's walking into like nothingness. It was like this big blank sheet of paper, just like, or like this big white empty room. I'm thinking of this is a very old, I don't know if you're gonna remember this. Um, that episode of like Spongebob in the first season where they yes, have the time yes, machine yes, 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 yes. and Squidward just time machines himself yes. into nothingness. Okay, That's okay. what I'm thinking. There's like no ground. So the cat like trots along and is like, what are you doing? And like, this is not a good place. It's a bad place. If you even want to call it that he's like, there's nothing to find here. It's just outside of like what she's created. The part, this is like, she hasn't made anything to go here. She hasn't even bothered to create anything to go here. She's she's like, How does that even happen? Like, cause like she comes out of this nothingness right back to the front of the house. And he's like, think I I like the way that he describes it here because like this is how it makes like the sense to right. me in my brain. He's like, think of someone walking around the world. You start walking away from something, but end up coming right back to it. So you're like walking in that circle. Yeah motion so then she's like what what's the difference if she made this place or if she found it like how long has she been here and he's like a very long time so she goes back inside um goes up to the mirror and is just looking at herself trying to pretend she's more brave than she actually is and other mother comes up behind her and like a, the vampiress she is does not appear <laughs> in the mirror <laughs> love that and <laughs> Other mothers, like, oh, you can't trust mirrors. Coraline's like, you can't make me love you. I just want to go home to my real parents. I want you to let them go. I want you to let us go. She basically takes Coraline, picks her up, and puts her in the mirror. And she says, This is for you, Coraline, for your own good, because I love you, to teach you manners. Manners maketh man, after all. And I was like, Is that a Kingsman <laughs> reference? And then I Googled when this book was written and when Kingsman, the comic books, not the movie, Mm -hmm. were written. And it is, in fact, not a Kingsman reference. So, So she puts her inside and she's like, you can come out when you've learned some manners. And she... Puts her in there, essentially. The room behind the mirror is essentially, like, the size of, like, a small linen broom covered closet thing. She's, like, Pottering it up in here. Not even, because there's, like, not even enough room to, like, lie down. Like, you can only stand or sit. Absolutely not. My claustrophobic ass would not like that. So she's, like, reaching out and feeling the four walls to try to determine how much, like, space she has. And then she feels something, like, like, that's, Mm -hmm. like, cold to the touch. And it almost felt like someone's cheek. And this thing person ghost something is like shh shut the <laughs> fuck up the bell dam might be listening and so these three shapes appear as if they're like super super duper pale ghosts but they're shapes of children about the same size as her she's like what the <laughs> fuck happened I'm like what and they said that she stole their hearts and their souls and she took them away from the lives they lived and left them in there and forgot about them and she asks them how long they've been here and their one voice goes so very long and I was like oh and Coraline's like she has my parents can I get them I came to get them back and one of them is like if you can win your parents back from her you could also win to free our souls that she has them hidden and one of them goes find our secret hearts, young mistress. And, like, that kind of gave me, like, an indication how old mm-hmm. she is. And then she asks, like, oh, what is she going to do to me if she... if I don't make this, like, a challenge? And I just chant, hollow, which was very <laughs> unnerving. So then she, like, takes her sweater off and, like, rolls it up and, like, falls asleep. And as she's falling asleep, a voice, like, whispers in her ear, look through the stone. Um. So she... Comes to, other mother has carried her into the kitchen. She's having a really hard time to, like, waking up. Like, tells them, tells, she's like, I know about the other kids who you stole. Like, you're going to turn me into one of them. She's like, it's no point in believing in ghosts. That's because they're such liars. And I was like, damn. Go off. So then she, like, this is when she makes the offer to play an adventure game with the other mother. And... Says, if I can find their souls and my parents, you give us the key and let us go. Other mother basically agrees. There's no time limit either, to be clear. Because in the movie, she has until, like, the sun comes up or something like that. Um. So, she's like, do we have a deal? And she's like, I swear on my own mother's grave. And Coraline's like, does she have a grave? And... Uh, Other mother's like, yeah, I put her there myself. And when I tried to find her crawling out, I put her back. And I was like, God damn, that is dark as shit. So she just starts looking and like the other mother is just like watching her. And then she turns around and realizes she's gone. Mm -hmm. The other mother. And she's like, I don't like not knowing where she is because then if she's nowhere, then she's literally could be anywhere in the house, like (laughs) watching her. (laughs) So, don't like that. She pulls out the stone from her pocket um, and held it in front of her like she was holding a gun. As she, like, walked through the hallways and looks in the mirror and sees a little girl holding, like, about her size, holding something Mm -hmm. glowing in her hand. And that's when she realizes it's the pebble that's glowing. Oh, okay. With the hole in it. So, she goes up to her room and the toys all flutter, like, excitedly because, you know, everything in this house is fucking alive and that's just unnerving as shit. Um, So she tips the toy box over onto the floor and she remembers what that voice said to her about using... look Mm -hmm. through the stone. So when she looks through the stone, everything is like flat 2D Mm -hmm. again, where it's almost like a pencil etching. Um, And then there's something shiny on the floor and it's very like orange and red. And... She's trying to find it, and it's this little marble that had fallen out of the toy box. And so she grabs it, and she puts Mm -hmm. it in her pocket. So she opens the bedroom door, and there's this wind just blowing super-duper hard, trying to stop her from going anywhere. And a voice, a ghost voice, (laughs) whispers in her ear, just keep going. Other mothers really angry that you even found one, much less that you're looking for any of them. So Coraline yells out like, play fair. This isn't fair. Stop. And the wind goes away. This time she goes down to Miss Spink and Miss Forcible's mm-hmm. apartment. And she goes down into the theater and it's empty. So she she picks up the flashlight that the dog had dropped and like turns it on and is like looking around the room And it's just, like, abandoned. And at the ceiling are these, like, hair, As described, hairless and jelly-ish, like, things hanging from the ceilings. Like, they're like a dog, but with wings. And it could be spider. Like, it's really, like, just, like, a mishmash of a bunch of things. So Coraline looks through the stone and scans her room and sees something on the back wall of the stage that's, like, glowing. So she gets closer to it and... It's like in this sack, almost like a spider, like, like web Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Don't like that at all. Yeah. And it looked like there was a person with like two heads. Like it almost looked like there were two people like morphing Mm. together. (laughs) And whatever was like glowing, one of them was Mm -hmm. like holding. So she had to push her hand like into this sack and. Oh, no. Like pull it out and the the goo and shit that was inside of it like felt like almost like a spider web the way it like clung to her you i would have been stuck
0: there forever if i had to do that because i hate spiders
1: no yeah. <laughs> so um it she grabs the marble and one of the the creatures like wakes up and is like thief give it back like that's mine but it it can't follow her cuz it's like in this cocoon so she drops it in her pocket the bat dogs things, the okay. winged dogs, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, flap around, but n- nothing, like, tries to hurt her. And then another ghost voice, one of the girls, is in her ears, like, run, go now, you have to get out of here. And so she, she dips like, from that apartment. <gasps> Not today. So outside the world is slowly, like, losing its shape. Um, and But the house itself... Even seems to, like, kind of bend and snap and stretch and move. Um, and outside, other mother is waiting for her. And she does not look oh, no. happy. Um, and Coraline's like, I yeah. got two, bitch. One to go. And she's like, well, don't you want to check the other apartment? Like, right. the empty one? And she so she gives Coraline the key. That she, like, produced from, like, choking it up out of her throat. And I was like, ugh, that's gross. gross." And the black cat is like, you don't actually think she would help you, right? Like, this has to be a trick. And Coraline's like, yeah, you're probably right. It unlocks that shit anyway. (laughs) Dumb. Dumb, dumb. So, as it's described in the book, the apartment had walls the color of old milk. And I was like, why does he insist on regularly making me, like, gag? Like, there are so many food correlations that I just do not like. Like, stop it. Let me enjoy this. Let me enjoy food. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because then I'm thinking about, like, chunky milk, and that's disgusting.
1: Oh, um, nope. So all of the rooms are literally empty. Like, there is nothing in this place. Except for the last room she looks in, it she suspects was once like a bedroom, and she's looking down at the floor and she sees like this large metal ring. And she yanks it up as hard as she can and it's a trap door into the basement.
0: No, never go into a basement.
1: Um she turns on a light and a bulb like turns on downstairs. So she steps down and can see like nothing. And I said somehow this is the beginning <laughs> of a horror movie and the middle yeah, of one literally. simultaneously. So, she takes the stone with the hole in it, and she's, like, looking around, but nothing is glowing. And I was like, that's the part. Okay, nothing's glowing. Turn around and go right right back upstairs. But no. So, she gets a smell of, like, dampness and, like, almost of, like, sour vinegar. Mm, Yay. And she goes further down, and the further down she goes, the worse it just gets, the smell. And she moves this big pile of curtains to reveal, like, the shape of, like, this person lying Uh on the ground. And it said it almost had no features on his face, which had puffed and swollen, like, risen bread dough. Why does everything have to relate back (laughs) to food? Leave my beloved bread alone.
0: Neil Gaiman was really hungry while he was writing this book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he
0: wasn't on acid. Maybe he was, like, he was smoking. Maybe he was smoking weed. Maybe
1: that was it. So, there obviously has two black button eyes where the eyes are supposed to be. And she's like kind of shocked and like startled. So, she makes like a small noise in her chest. And the thing begins to wake up. And that's when she realizes it's her other father. Oh,
0: no! This poor
1: man. And she's like, well, at least you didn't jump out at me.
0: Girl, when do you have to say at least to that?
1: <laughs> ma'am.
0: It's not in the least. Ma'am.
1: Um... She's like, listen, I don't have time for this shit. I'm looking for my parents. I'm looking for the other kids. Are they down here? And he's like, nothing but the dust and damp and forgotten. And I was like, all right. Literally. Cool at Shakespeare. And he's like, listen, you got to run. You got to leave this place. She's trying to make me hurt you so you stay here forever. Um, She's pushing me really hard, but I can't like fight her off that much longer. And she's like, yes, you can. Be brave. And he's like. no i can't and just runs at her so it's like looking around blindly and she's able to run up the stairs and slam the thing down run out of that apartment as fast as she can she gets outside and she hugs herself and told herself that she was brave and i was like listen i don't need this shit today all right so then she heads upstairs to the apartment she was like, it was like, even though the, the cellar was really bad and gross, she had a feeling that this apartment oh, was going to no. be worse. Oh, no. So when she opened it, the smell really was so much worse. There were little red eyes, beady eyes staring at her from every which way. And it was just very, like, disturbing and uh, creepy. So she goes further in and she finds the old man sitting on his bed. But she can see from the stone, mm-hmm. like looking through the stone, that there's something glowing coming out of his raincoat and the closer she gets suddenly like his whole figure just like collapses because he was actually just a bunch oh. of rats
0: oh absolutely no 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 no
1: no 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 mm-hmm. not today ma'am so she opens the coat and there's it's empty it's not there so she sees like one of the rats running away and is holding it in its front paws so she ran after him. And as she's running down the stairs, she runs too fast and falls and lands on her knees and her hands and like fucks them up a lot. And she looks up and the rat and the marble are gone. And she feels like just like a complete sense of loss. Like she has no idea what on earth is going to happen. She opens her eyes and sees that the rat that was holding me the-, the marble is lying decapitated at the bottom of the stairs. And it literally says a collar of wet blood glisten on its neck. This is a children's, children's book men. or supposed to be.
0: What
1: are you doing? So the cat has like this smug expression on its face. And in one of the cat's paws is that final marble.
0: We did it, Joe. We did it.
1: We did it. <laughs> <laughs> so the cat's like, you know, she lied. Like she's never going to give you up. She's like, I have all of the marbles now. All she has to do is find her parents. And she knows exactly where they are. Cause the other mother like cannot create mm-hmm. anything. She can only, like, transform and change and make things that are already right. real. And at this point, now that she has these three souls, the house is, like, flattened out and looks more 2D dimensional, like, of a drawing. Yeah. Yeah. On paper. So she picks up the cat and is, like, holding him, like, an evil villain would, yeah. like, yeah, on yeah, one yeah. arm. So the cat, like, gets, like, really tense. And she's like, "What? what's good? What's happening? Like, why? What's wrong? And he's like... All the entrances and exits that he would use or they would use we don't know i'm assuming it's a man because she said it had a man's voice all of those entrances and exits are gone there's only one place in and out cool she's like everything's gonna be fine i'll take you home with us <laughs> like we've gotta you know just do the damn thing so once inside the house is still like mm-hmm. normal ish and she finds other mother waiting for her in the empty drawing room and she doesn't want other mother to know she knows where they are like uh-huh. her parents are so Coraline's like i know where they are you're keeping them in the tunnel aren't you she was like banking on the other mother's need to like show off yeah. that she won and being like haha sucks to suck because that tunnel was locked as like she had locked it in the beginning so the other mother produces the key unlocks the door and opens it and is like, ta-da, they are not here, mm-hmm. I win. And as she's doing that, she she like slowly edges her yeah. way to the mantle and grabs yeah. the snow globe right. on the top of the mantle. And she's like, you're going to stay here forever and ever and ever and ever. And she's like, no, bitch, I'm not. Not so fast. And she throws the black hat towards the other mother. And then she, you know, grabs the snow globe and puts it in her, her pocket, which... How many pockets did this woman have or this girl have? Even if it's like a smaller snow globe,
0: like girls, like even like little girls pockets are not that big. Like you got some Mary Poppins
1: pockets no one's talking about. And then it says, again, this is very graphic for a children's book. Yeah. And she's, it says like the blood that came out of her face wasn't really red, but it was more of like a, a tar like black substance. So she runs to the door and pulls the key out. And then she's like, yo, cat, we got a skedaddle. Like, come on. So it takes another sharp swing at her face and then run, bolts to the hallway. Uh, other mother is obviously following them. She's trying to pull the door closed, but it's right. so heavy. Suddenly she just feels like these other presents in the tunnel with her. And it's the ghosts mm-hmm. of the three kids mm-hmm. and even her parents. And they all kind of combined to give her that strength that she needs to uh-huh. close the door. The other mother's hand like reaches in to try and grab her and the door closes on her hand and it like cuts (laughs) it off essentially and just like scurries away so she starts running slams the door and locks it obviously and then she puts the key in her pocket she looks at the cat and goes i'm really sorry that i threw you at her (laughs) but i had to distract her enough to you know let her out let like to get out she falls asleep on the couch in the drawing room Her mom wakes her up and she's like, we were looking all over for you. Like, why would you fall asleep in here? Like, what the fuck? She's like, also, where the fuck did that cat come from? We opened the front door and it just bolted. Um, She's like, oh, probably had things to do. And I was like, ma'am, if my kid said that to me, I'd be like, okay, honey, just no more feral cats in the house, please. Like. She literally, I'd be like, mm, okay. She put the black key on a string and she wore it around her neck. And then she goes to bed. She keeps the key around her neck, but she puts some marbles underneath her pillows and she goes to sleep. She In the dream that she has, she's having a picnic with these three children. One of them's a boy. One of them is a girl and another girl. So she's like, thanks for coming to my party, even though I think it's a party. Like, I don't really know what's happening. And they're like, thanks for, you know, saving us. Thanks, homegirl. So they go running and playing in like this big, beautiful meadow. And I was like, I'm just thinking of the meadow from The Lovely Bones.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end.
1: And now I'm thinking about Stanley Tucci and I hate it here. They're like, listen, it's over and done for us. And she's like, there's a butt coming, isn't there? Like, I feel it in my bones. It's coming. And she's like, I shut that door and I locked it. What else do I need to do? And they're like, good luck. And as they're walking away, the little boy turns around and goes, she hates you. (laughs) No shit. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. Um, And like Coraline's like, but it's not fair. And I was like, okay, I get it. Me too. And then they walk across the way, they stop and turn around and wave at her. And she hears this rustling noise coming from outside her bedroom. Like she wakes up. And it's almost like odd. Like they were they were footsteps, but mm-hmm. they weren't footsteps. She's like, this isn't fucking over, is it? So So but she knew what it was. It was the mother's right hand that was lobbed off and it wants that oh, black key. Of course. She went back to bed after she saw the other mother's hand. Like, scurrying in the hallway. And when she put her head on the pillow, like, it it almost crunched. And she looks down and sees that they're, like, the glass marbles Mm -hmm. had shattered. The souls of the innocent children are Mm -hmm. set free. So now it was Monday. And on Wednesday, Coraline was going to be starting school again. And so she goes down to see Miss Banks and Miss Forcible for another tea leaf reading. And Miss Forcible's like, everything's coming up roses. Well, almost. (laughs) Ha ha. She's like, not sure what this shit is.
0: (laughs) Couldn't fucking tell you.
1: Thanks. She's like, I have no idea what this is. She's like, almost looks like a hand, ma'am. So one of their dogs is hiding under their chair and it wasn't coming out because... And they tell her that they had to take him to the vet because he had this big gash on the Uh side of his stomach. And he was just terrified. So she's like, all right, I'm never taking this key off. Yeah. Goodbye. So the next morning she decides, okay, I'm going to go have a picnic with my dolls. Yeah. (laughs) Like, do you have any, like, do you have a sheet that you just don't use anymore? Or like something like that, like asking her mom. And her mom's like, I thought you didn't play with dolls anymore. Yeah. Like what? And she's like, I don't, but do you have that tablecloth? So she gives her this paper disposable tablecloth and she walks out of her house and takes this long windy way sliding under this big bush and when she's determined that she's not being followed she comes back out around and finds the old Mm -hmm. well that I mentioned in the beginning and she pulls these big large wooden blocks off of it and sets the tablecloth across the well putting her dolls on each corner so it doesn't like fall in. And puts like little cups of water on each corner again to keep it steady, but like hiding it. So then she goes back the long way around that she came and goes down to Miss Forcible and Miss Spinks' apartment and knocks on the door. And she's like, oh, I just came to see how your dog is doing. I'm going out to have a tea party with my dolls by the tennis courts. Spinks is like, well, be careful with that, with the well there. And Coraline's like hoping that the hand did not hear her say Mm -hmm. the well. So she's like, well, I have my lucky key, so right. I should be fine, but thanks. And so she goes back, like, the regular, like, just right. through the backyard way to the well, and she sets the ta- the key in mm-hmm. the middle of the tablecloth, and she pretends to start mm-hmm. having this tea party. She looks over, and she goes, what a bad girl to, like, one of her dolls. Like, you dropped your cake. I guess I'll just have to go and get right. you another one. And So she walks away from the tea party and pretends to spill, clean up this cake that's, like, fake, right. but whatever imaginary cake and in the clearing comes like this clattering Mm -hmm. quick rush and the hand leaps on the tablecloth and grabs the key and the weight of the hand and the key in the middle of the tablecloth it just collapses into the well Coraline counts until she hears like the the -hmm. water hit the water and she got to 40 Mm -hmm. seconds that it was just falling and all I could think about was I was falling for 30 minutes. <laughs> so then she moves the big heavy planks back over the well and covers it as carefully as she could cuz she didn't want anything getting in yeah, and right. nothing getting out. So the black cat appears and it jumps up onto the the mm-hmm. boards and like gives her like a right. slight wink and then just like walks over and starts walking home with her. After, like, getting closer to the house, the old man from upstairs comes out and goes, the mice tell me that all is good. They say that you're our savior, Cor- uh, Caroline. He's been calling her Caroline yeah. the entire book. And he's like, she's like, bitch, it's <laughs> Coraline. So that night, Coraline is, like, lying in bed, and it's finally, like, warmed mm-hmm. up in the summer. Now that the hand is gone, she's opened her bedroom window nice and wide. And normally on that first night before school, she's really nervous and scared and, like, a little right. apprehensive. And now that she's been through all of this she has like nothing left for school to right. scare her about. And she falls asleep to the sounds of the mouse circus from upstairs. And if this was just not a lo- an elongated way to tell your kids, you have nothing to be scared of at school, I will riot.
0: <laughs> so what do you think? Was the movie like a good adaptation of that?
1: Yeah. They, so you, YB is an addition that like, wasn't there in the beginning, right. like in the actual book. Um, which I thought was cute, like a cute addition for her to have like right. a little sidekick. But I thought it added, I think it adds like an element of fear, I think. Like that you, he had his mouth sewn shut right. in the movie. But that's just my two cents. Um, I don't know. Uh, reading the book and thinking about the movie, I don't think he was necessary. Mm-hmm. But that's just because I read the book. Um, for people that didn't read the book, maybe it, it added a something to the movie. But he had some really great one-liners in there that I applaud him for coming up with. There was a lot of food references we didn't need, though, bud. (laughs) Again. And aren't you proud of me? I haven't done my British accent once.
0: That is, you know what? That deserves a round of applause, honestly.
1: Like, this whole book is set in England. I could have done my British accent the entire time. And I'm glad
0: that you didn't. And so are the rest of our <laughs> UK listeners.
1: I beg to differ. <laughs> but okay. Oh Whatever. Do we have any book news that we did not talk about besides your purchase?
0: Yeah, but I have a correction. Um, I've learned recently that the name is Fjordan, not Fjordan. <laughs> So From what... From Shadow and Bone last week. Mm-hmm. What
1: was the, that name? I don't remember. It was
0: the name of a country. Oh. And I said it like twice and it's haunted me ever since. Since I, um, <laughs> scammed the system and got a f- free audiobook out of Amazon. Oh, love that. For the last one. I signed up for another account with a different email. Oh, I love, was, like,
1: I love it. I love it. I'm so proud of I you. I was like,
0: I need to finish this book. And the only way it's going to happen is if I can listen to an audiobook while doing work today. Yeah. So I finally got the correct, the correction on how to say that name. Oh, I love that for you. So, yes. Also, Kayla
1: approved of, I guess this would be a correction, Kayla approved of our use of Staten Island for The Wasteland. Oh, yeah? She said, I'm okay with Pete Davidson being the Staten Island troll if I get to be the princess. So, (laughs) Kayla is now the princess of Staten Island.
0: Wait, I have something else. Did you hear about this author who was, like, going off on Twitter about bad reviews on Goodreads? Uh, no. No. I think her name was like Laura Huff or something. I don't know her books. I've never read any of them, but she was going off on Twitter about these good reviewer Goodreads reviewers who gave her book four stars and was calling them like nerds <laughs> Like, ew four stars is really good. Yeah like, if I rated a book four stars, I'm basically being like, yeah, this was a really good book. Like of course, five stars is like the best, but like
1: we don't just hand out our five stars to anybody.
0: Right. I mean, I feel like I am, like, pretty... I, I'm not afraid to give a book a five-star review, but it's not like, if I enjoyed it, I'm going to give it five stars. Like, yeah. five stars is like, oh, this was fantastic, I would probably I'm, read it again. I'm pretty
1: stingy with my five
0: stars. I'm definitely not. I've definitely... I've had a couple five-star reviews this year alone. Mm. Um, But four stars is really good. Like, I've given... I think I gave... Poppy, one of the Poppy Worst books, maybe the first one. I gave four stars. Nice. It's still like a fantastic series. I tell everyone to read. But yeah, I was, I was like, "What are you doing, going off about four star reviews?" That's like super good.
1: Yeah. But
0: yeah, it was very bizarre. Hot
1: take of the this the day.
0: Yeah, for real. But that's it. Nothing else for me.
1: I love that. Well, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bookaholics Pod. You can find me on Twitter at French with an X and on Instagram at Francesca Hope. And where can they find you?
0: You can find me on Goodreads, Alicia Reads 13, or on Storygraph, Alicia Reads.
1: And we'll see you for the next one. Bye.